Footprints in the Dust, A Disappearing Journal, Am I Delusional, or Is There a Ghost Living in My Attic? Plus, my visit to the library turns up more information about Belle's family, and leads to an interview with a detective. Thanks for joining me in the attic. I'm not a professional learner. Duh. <laughs> Bell. I can hear the click. Wait, wait, wait. So, <laughs> you're recording us talking. I can still hear the click. Like, right now. Bell. Bill! Oh, come on. As to go now. Sometimes our content can be a little scary. Bill! So you should be careful before listening with your children. Hi, Anne here. I'm telling the story of my attic in order, an episode at a time. So, if you haven't listened to the first couple of episodes, you should probably do that first. Thanks for listening. I always picture libraries as quiet zones that are policed by old ladies with white buttons, a place where adults and children alike sit at hard tables on hard chairs, poring over encyclopedias and other reference materials, and only occasionally choose a fiction book just to take home with them. In case you're wondering, or have not been to a library in the past 20 years, my vision was wildly inaccurate. I'm pretty sure there were books in the library, somewhere, but the majority of the people were using computers or other electronic devices. They were drinking coffee out of fancy mugs or water out of decorative water bottles, and were talking pretty freely, not in the stereotypical hushed tones associated with libraries. Because I had not been to a library since I can remember, I decided my best option was just to ask someone for help. The woman behind the desk looked to be in her late 20s and had a pleasantness about her, not the scowl or gray bun I had previously imagined. I'm not sure what the rule is about recording in public places, but she seemed nice, so I'm going to assume that she won't mind me sharing her helpfulness. Hello, can I help you find something? Yeah, I'm looking for some information about a murder. Well, that's a bit of an unusual request. I don't usually get that one, but we have the local papers over there by that blue couch. Well, the crime happened around 20 years ago. I saw a video online, but it wasn't very useful. So I was hoping maybe there would be an old newspaper laying around somewhere. Well, we don't keep the actual newspapers that long. We just don't have the storage capacity for it, and between you and I, it'd be an organizational nightmare. I felt my heart begin to sink. Maybe my search is already over before it's even begun. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Well, wait, just a second. We don't have the actual newspapers, but we might have the information you're looking for on microfiche. A renewed sense of determination came over me as I gave her the date and the other information I had about the murder, and Lisa Clark. She took me to a microfiche machine, which kind of looked like an old-fashioned computer, but in place of the large floppy drive was a space for what looked like a roll of film. She disappeared into a back room and reappeared with several rolls of film-like containers. She showed me how to insert them into the machine, and I was able to scan through newspaper articles from the weeks following the murder. I found a couple of interesting articles, which I was able to print. Kind of. 
It gave me more insight on the location and information about the murder. I'll post my printing attempts on the website under the Clues tab. She mentioned that she did not live in the area at the time of the murder and had moved there a few years later. But some of her classmates had brought it up during sleepovers in middle school while telling spooky stories. I gave her my number, and she agreed to call me if she remembered anything specific. More information on what I found and a discussion with Shirley. Up next. Stay tuned. Visit our website at www.theatticpod.net. You heard what I said. That is www.theaticpod.net. I was nervous to share more details about the diary with Shirley. I mean, I didn't want my most trusted confidant to think I was nuts. I mean, I went to a therapist once, but I don't think that was such a bright idea. It always felt like she was trying to get me to develop some kind of superpower during our sessions. Okay, you typed in the name Belle and found a murder from 20 years ago. I googled it, like my brother said, and it brought up this video about a murder, and it happened like 20-ish years ago. The video wasn't clear, but the audio was okay. I got the victim's name and that she had a daughter, a daughter named Belle, and it was local. Nothing exciting ever happens around here, so, I mean, I don't think it was a coincidence. I'm just trying to make sure you're considering all of the facts before you put a lot of effort into this um, investigation. Well, how can I know if I don't investigate? So I went to the library, which is actually a very cool place, and met this awesome librarian, Jessica. And she showed me how to use microfiche. You went to the library on your own to research a murder? That's impressive. I'm not sure I would have known where to start. So you met the awesome librarian. And I found some articles, three actually, about the murder in a country house outside of Kirkwood. Well, that couldn't have been too common. That's not even the most interesting part, Shirley. The country house, the murder house, it was mine. Belle's mother was murdered in my house. I'm living in a house where a woman was murdered. I don't even know what to do. Wow, that's quite the discovery. So you see, it has to be the same bell. The bell who lost her mom is the one who is haunting my attic. You said this happened about 20 years ago, right? Wouldn't that make Belle in her 20s? Is there any evidence that she is no longer alive? Well, I guess I never thought of that. I need to look through the articles and see if there's any more clues about what happened to her. Or any of her family members, really. Do you think it'd be weird if I, like, found her and called her? Well, what would you say? Um, hi. Glad you're alive. I found your journal, and I was hoping you could stop haunting my house now. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I don't know. I guess I just got excited by everything. I can tell that this feels really important to you, and I'm impressed by all the effort that you put into it. But I probably need to do some more thinking and research first and figure out how I'm going to deal with living in the murder house. I think that you've done okay so far living in the house. Maybe try not to think of it as the murder house. Easier said than done, I know. Yeah, right. I mean, I guess I'm going to go back and look into the articles more and see what I can find. I'll see you next week, right? Yep, same time. You know, unless you're detained by any malevolent spirits. Oh my gosh, that is not funny. 
okay, maybe a little. Shirley always gives me great perspective. I guess I really do need to read the articles more thoroughly and see if they lead me anywhere that shows that Belle is somewhere out there not haunting my attic. Soon, the next page from Belle's journal and a connection I found from the articles. Stay tuned. If you like our podcast, you can also like us on Facebook and Twitter. Dear Red, sometimes I feel like she stole my whole family. The new brothers are so mean. She is too. I want them to go away. I'm glad I have you. Your friend, Belle. I started to read the articles and found out some interesting information. Lisa Clark lived with her longtime partner, but they had never officially been married. The couple had two children, Belle and John. John was eight years older than Belle. He was also home the night of the murder, but did not wake until he heard the sirens from the emergency vehicles. Her partner, Matthew, was out of town on business that night. He was a semi-truck driver. A detective, Detective Hawk, was identified as the lead investigator in the murder. I called the sheriff's department to see if I could speak with the detective, but I was told that he had since retired and moved to Arizona. However, I was able to talk to another detective who was somewhat familiar with the case. This detective, also Detective Hawk, was the son of the original detective on the case. My conversation with him, coming up now. Hi, I'm Anne. I left you a message about getting some information on the Lisa Clark case. Well, I'm not sure what new information I can give you. The case really hasn't had any breakthrough in many years. I also cannot comment on any ongoing investigation. Well, is it really ongoing if it's been 20 years? Well, ma'am, actually it's 18 years old, and there's no statute limitations on murder. Oh, well, I was just hoping to get some more information on the family. Not really the murder itself. You a reporter or something? No, nothing like that. Um, more like a family friend. I was just wondering what happened to Matthew and the children. Well, it was my understanding that he didn't take the news very well and became somewhat of a hermit. He did, however, eventually remarry, all the while staying in the same home where his wife had been murdered. Was he a suspect? I'm sorry, I can't discuss that with you. Is there anything else? Do you know anything about what happened to the children? I don't know anything as fact. I heard the son joined the military, but I'm not sure about the little girl. I heard she was kind of a mess, but I'm not really sure what became of her. Thank you so much for your help. Have a good day. Thanks. Bye. Just when I thought my search might be hitting a dead end, I got this phone call. Hi, is this Anne? Yes. Uh, who's this? Well, this is Jessica from the library. You asked me to call if I remembered anything about the incident you were researching. Oh, right. Did you remember something? Yeah, I was thinking about it the other day, and, well, I don't know if it's important, but I do remember that when I moved here in middle school, there were some girls, and they were talking about this other girl that had, quote-unquote, quit school right before this, and so I think she was being homeschooled. But they didn't really have a name for it back then. Anyway, I'm pretty sure her name was Belle. That is really helpful information. Thank you so much for calling. I really appreciate it. Sure, anytime. Good luck. More information on Matthew's remarriage and Belle's school record in the next episode. Also, 
how I'm surviving, knowing a lady was murdered in my home, and there's a ghost in the attic. Thanks for listening. The Attic is free, but if you want to help us out... Come on, I want to go to college someday. You can make a donation on our website at www.theatticpod.net. Thanks for listening.